0: Welcome to the Simplified Organization Show, where real moms chat about real life and how to manage our responsibilities without stress. We want to reject perfectionism and see step by step, faithful progress as a fruit of diligence in our lives, which we know comes as we repent, rejoice, repeat. I'm your host, Misty Winkler, a second generation homeschooling mom of five. I write and podcast at simplyconvivial.com and I'm author of the new book, How to Use a Planner Without Wasting Time. And today I'm joined by Karen Head. Karen is a farm wife and homeschool mom of two teenagers living in rural Northern Missouri. She and her husband have been married for 20 years and she's been homeschooling for 13. They raise Kiko goats, Akbosh Livestock Guardian Dogs and Row Crops. There are two things that Karen can never get enough of, books and plants. From the time she was little, she knew that she wanted to be a teacher, but hated that when she got to college, she had to pick a major because she wanted to study it all. But God granted her that privilege when he called her to homeschooling. She now has a special interest in teaching reading and spelling to dyslexics through structured word inquiry. In her free time, you can find her working in one of her many large flower beds, in her chair, reading a book, or at her computer researching her latest topic of interest because there is always something to be weeded or learned. (laughs) I love that. Welcome, Karen. Thank you for coming. Karen is also a mentor level member inside Simply Convivial Continuing Education. And one of our members, when she shows up on the Zooms, it's like, yes, okay, good. <laughs> Yay. Yeah, <laughs> so I don't try,
1: I try not to miss those because those are my favorites too.
0: <laughs> so Karen has been in our community for a couple of years now. And I know that at you we're working through lots of stuff. And it wasn't just through Simply Convivial, but you were learning all kinds of things from all different directions at that time in your life while you struggled with depression. Do you want to give people just maybe a little sketch of that and what you were learning at the time?
1: Yeah, well, I'll actually go back because, so I first technically diagnosed with depression in 2010. So the time I met you, I had been dealing with depression for 10 years and it, so it's been a journey. It wasn't all the whole 10 years wasn't bad, but it was more, more my time was depressed than not. And, and so there was a lot that I learned to cope along the ways through that. And so I have, <laughs> for the most part, if it's been discussed about depression, I've probably read it or something in regards to it, because I tried a lot of things, a lot of different avenues trying to get over my depression. And about the time, so in like, I think it was like November when I came across, ahead of when I came across, I had been following school a sisters for several, for quite a while, but when I started coming across your program, I right before that, and before joining the membership, I had gotten involved with, come across the natural depression treatment program out of the UK. There are some psychologists in the UK that brought it to my attention. When I found their website, it was just really freeing. That there was something I could do to get over my depression because everything up to that point had been well, initially, when I first got diagnosed, the doctor that I went to said, Oh, you know, probably give it six months, you'll get over this. You know, it just kind of is one of those things that comes, you know, you'll really help yourself if you exercise and, you know, get in shape, that sort of stuff. So I went to running like three to five miles a day. I mean, like I hit it hardcore. Okay. If exercise is going to help me, I'm going to exercise. And I did, I was running three to five miles a day. It probably actually kept me sane in doing that because that was the only time I didn't feel depressed was when I was running, but that eventually didn't help either. And so I had tried a lot of things and, uh, So when I came across this, I had done, you know, I'd done the gamut of all sorts of various medications. I was actually at one point diagnosed with manic bipolar disorder that they thought that might be part of the issue, but none of it ever seemed to really fit me. But when I started reading the the natural depression and this uncommon knowledge website, it started talking about sleep issues, how that was tied to depression. It was talking about your thought life and how that was tied to depression, and how we get into a cycle. And unless you break the cycle someplace, you will just continue in the depression. Hmm. And I had actually come to a place because I dealt with it for 10 years that I was at peace with this is what God has given me. And I may be suffer from depression the rest of my life, but I can, you know, still trust God that this is okay and this is good for me. With this natural, the uncommon knowledge, they said, you know, you can do something to get better with this. And I had tried all sorts of sleep hygiene stuff. I went from being in an insomniac where I didn't sleep at all to sleeping all the time. I had run the gamut that direction. And with this, it started tying in your dream, the state of dreaming, how that ties into. And when you wake up tired in the morning, most likely it's because not because you didn't get enough time to sleep, but you spent too much of your time in the dream state. Um, And most of the time we don't realize we're in the dream state. I did, I have a very, I have very vivid dreams. I remember most, I mean, I remember a lot of dreams when I wake up and I knew that there would be times I would wake up, I'm like, man, I know I slept all night long but it was so hectic in my dreams, I didn't ever rest. Mm -hmm. And I did not know that the two was tied together until Mm -hmm. I came across this. And so then what they showed me was having lots of ruminating thoughts and negative worries and negative thought patterns leads to the excessive dreaming, which leads to the tiredness. And so you have to cut off the, the negative rumination and you have to get your sleeping back in order. And sometimes it is about that Thinking, well, I didn't sleep very well, so I'm going to go ahead and lay here for another hour past when I was going to get up. Well, that's actually still just back into that REM sleep, and you're not getting into deep sleep, and you're actually doing more harm than good. Wow. So that started changing things, and what their program really helps walk you through is how to change your thinking in positive ways. And as I I was reviewing it this morning, and there's so much of it is what you actually teach in your class, in your, some of your, you know, taking baby steps, making actionable steps, taking a big project or a big problem and breaking it down into little steps that you can be achieved. Make sure that you're giving yourself credit for the successes that you do have. How are you spinning the story in your head? Are you giving it a negative spin or are you giving it a positive spin? And it doesn't mean that you have to see everything through rose-colored glasses. You just have to be, wait a minute, what evidence do I have to support this idea? Mm -hmm. So I think that's why I, I had gotten into that in November. And then in January, I started with your membership and trying to banish overwhelm. And because I really thought you got me on the hooker up, I'll help you vanish over. I'm like, yeah, right. I've heard that before. There's no way. That's just what life is. But I see now how what I was learning through the depression treatment and what you were teaching, how much that aligned up with each other. And so that really did help me give me even, you know, the membership gave me more tools even beyond what. I was seeing in the depression treatment program because the depression treatment program is a, you know, just a global anybody, anywhere. And you were pinpointing it to a homeschool mom with these life issues. And that really helped me along the way. And so I think that's been, you know, some of the why I've been able to continue on and, and I really have been depression free free for the last two years this summer. I was very, I was way wobbling because life has been very difficult the last three, four months. And I was feeling those emotions, that depression starting to come back. And I'm like, wait a minute, what's going on? Where am I missing it? I know I'm waking up exhausted, even though I'm sleeping, the dreams are back. If the dreams are back and really bothering me this, I must be doing something. And I realized I was ruminating on all of the problems and I wasn't allowing, I had gotten back into the old habits again. And so I quickly got back on track with that. And, you know, and I think the beauty of it, you know, even with this depression treatment program, it is secular. It totally is. But it does align with scripture of renewing the mind. And, you know, I, you know, as they talk about, you know, plunder the Egyptians and that's what I've done. Some people might get a little nervous because they do use hypnosis in it. And if you don't understand, if all your exposure to hypnosis is the stage show, yeah, when they have people do funny things, that's not what this is. And in actuality, we can get into all sorts of, anytime that you daydream or you catch yourself, your mind wandering on something else, you're still present and you're not asleep, but your mind is not really on task anymore. That's a type of self-hypnosis that we do. And what this program does is give you, lead you into some paths. Okay. Let's think about it this way. Think on these things right now. And it really does help renew your mind. And I don't know, I don't know where I'd be today if I didn't have some of those to go back to. It really helped me get my sleeping back on track because they have some that are specifically targeted. Listen to this as you go to bed. Mm. And that has helped me. I was very leery to begin with because I'm like, this seems like, you know, out there. Is this scriptural? Is this okay? And I really do feel convinced that it is and is not against anything that the scriptures would say that you shouldn't do. So mm-hmm. I'll put that out there in case somebody checks into it and they're like, no, I don't
0: know about this. <laughs> well, what stands out to me listening to that is that you discovered these things that helped after becoming content mm-hmm. or acknowledging, like basically coming to the point where you say, okay, God, whatever you give me is good. Yeah. And then comes other, you know, the next step. And that's just really, you know, when, when we see God's providence in our lives where he's working sanctification through all things. Yes. Yes. And coming to that point of, uh, I mean, I liken it to the time where I was in childbirth and like laying on the bed, like, okay, it's okay. I can die. That'll be all right. (laughs) But then the baby is born (laughs) that kind of feeling of giving it over. I mean, that's not the, not the same. I
1: think one of the tricky things is, is that I am absolutely convinced that the depression was a gift from God. In my life, it was the absolute worst thing I've ever been through. And I'm not going to, you know, on the other side to somebody that's sitting here depressed right now, they're like, no, you don't, you don't understand depression because you make it seem like it's all okay. I, when I first recognized that I was depressed, it was on a Monday morning and I was, I had a five-year-old and a two-year-old at the time. My husband had just left for a week of work on the road. He'd left early that morning, like at three or four that morning. and was halfway to Ohio. And when I woke up that morning, I didn't want to be here anymore. Mm -hmm. Plain and simple. Mm -hmm. I was crying and I did not know why. I thought I was going crazy. I did not get out of bed. My five-year-old got up and fixed breakfast for him and his sister and then turned on the TV to watch cartoons. And that's what they did all day long. My husband finally called about 1130 just to check in because that was his general thing to do when he'd been on the road and I could barely speak to him Mm. and he wanted to know what was wrong. And I said, I don't know. I'm going crazy. I don't want to be here anymore. And I don't know why. And, and that was just the start. (laughs) It -hmm. got worse from there in all honesty, by the time he forced, and I I praise the Lord to this day, he called his boss because this was at the, I mean, this. The one of his busiest weeks of the year for work and he needed to be where he needed to be. He called his boss and his boss said, go home and take care of your wife. Hmm. And so he drove six hours back home or it may have been eight by that time. I don't remember how long he'd been gone. And we had, I didn't know who to turn to because I was really scared that if somebody knew what I was thinking and how I was, they would take my kids away from me. Because I was a mess. And I was, I was scared. And by the time he got home, I couldn't even speak anymore. I couldn't talk. I couldn't get thoughts out of my head. And so we actually invited a one of our deacons and his wife over, and they had a daughter. She came and took care of the kids while the husband took talked to my husband and the wife talked to me. And and she was a nurse and she had such experience and she said, you don't have to say anything. She just sat there and she just talked to me and she, you know, reassured me it was going to be okay. And that the only thing I remember getting out was I don't want him to take my kids. I don't, you know, I don't know what's wrong. I don't want him to take my kids. And she convinced me to go see the doctor and said that it was depression. And I probably needed something medication. And I was very opposed to it. Cause I didn't, I was a Christian. I didn't, Christians weren't supposed to get depressed. <laughs> Surprise. They do. I was very, I had always been very anti-medication. I, you know, I thought there had to be something way more seriously wrong and that couldn't be the thing. And so I had to come to an acceptance and that was, you know, and so again, that was very dramatic for me because I thought I was okay on Sunday. And then on Monday I was not, it doesn't always happen over the years. It hasn't, I've seen it coming on one now that I recognize it, just like I started to see it this spring, but having that understanding and having somebody come alongside was crucial for me. And because I got to the point and it was hard and it was so humbling because I physically got where I couldn't hardly do anything. It was all I could do to think, to walk at times, to put one foot in front of the other. And I was trying to take care of two kids was so emotional. I could not make decisions. And I had always prided myself on being the thinker. You know, I could rationalize, you know, I was I was the brain, you know, that was who what what my identity was. And God stripped that of me. And fortunately, very early on, one of the verses that came to me was in First Peter where it says, Do not be ashamed of the fiery trials that have come before you. And because I really did feel a lot of shame just initially that I didn't want people. And the Lord impressed on me, Don't be ashamed of this. This is not, don't be surprised by this this is something I'm doing in your life. And so I went before, you know, the ladies Bible study that I'd been a part of, I wrote a letter and I had somebody else read it because I couldn't read it out loud. I still, the one thing I was able to maintain was able to write. So I did a lot of journaling in that time and I could write a letter and let somebody else read it. Um, And I just said, you know, I don't know what's wrong part of the time. I am upset. And if I'm crying, don't ask me because I probably don't know. And, and so I had a group of women that came alongside me. I had a pastor that came alongside me and, and that's what I would say. If you're dealing with, if you have somebody in your midst, that's struggling with depression and you want to help them, don't ask them what's wrong necessarily, because they may not know and just offer to help. They ended up, one of the ladies in the church offered to, she created a whole network knowing that I was home with the two kids. Cause my husband was traveling. She said, you call me and say, I need help. I need somebody to take the kids. And she goes, I will find somebody to take the kids for you. And if you need a meal, you call and say, I need a meal. And we won't ask any questions. We will just do it. And there was times I had to take that up on that because I couldn't, I I wasn't capable of taking care of myself, let alone the kids. And that was big in helping me be okay with where I was at and seeing how, actually depending on others to do things that I thought I should be perfectly capable of doing myself. Mm-hmm. And, and so, and, and again, and I had a pastor at that time that was really encouraging of helping me see that I needed to depend on the body. I needed to depend on the Lord. I was really good at the, he said, he always said that there was a plane takes two wings to fly. And in the Christian life, we have the same two wings. One is discipline and the other is dependence. And I was really good on the discipline side of things. I did never, had never learned dependence. And in this process, I learned dependence on God, which then allowed <laughs> the discipline that I had to really blossom. And so I really look back on all of my years of depression as a gift from God. It was an answer to prayer. He answered prayers in so many ways, but that was not what I thought when I was praying, asking for greater dependence on him to have my husband show greater leadership in our fam. And I don't remember now what all it was, but it was like, when it hit me, I'm like, Lord, that's not what I had in mind here. You know, it's kind of like praying, asking for praying for patience. Don't do that. It's not a good (laughs) idea, but that's what happened. And so it was the worst of times, but it was the best of times. I know that's cliche, but Uh it really was. And I think God uses that. And we have to understand that, It is a tool that God uses us to draw us near to him and he hasn't left, but there were plenty of days that I thought God was far from me. I really did. You know, that's why I wanted to die at times, but I also have never felt closer to the Lord as I was in some of my
0: depressed states. Mm -hmm. That's all for this episode of the simplified organization show. Be sure to come back for part two with Karen, where she shares more of her story, suggestions for those who might have a friend who's depressed, and also insight how to tell about whether or not you are just experiencing normal blues or true depression. Karen's testimony and perspective is so helpful, focused, and God-honoring. I know that you do not want to miss it. If this episode has spoken to you, whether or not you are struggling with depression, it's probably because you resonate with the idea of the story you are telling yourself in your head about your life mattering. That's where our course Organize Your Attitude begins with a module called Living in Story. And it's all about noticing the story you are telling yourself in your own head and noticing how it does or does not align with the story that God tells us He is telling in our lives and in the world. It also gives instruction on how to take steps to match those stories up, to align them so that the story we tell ourselves in our own head matches the story that God tells us he is telling. I would like to give you that first module of Organize Your Attitude for free. Go to simplyconvivial.com story. That's simplyconvivial.com slash story to get the first module about living in story for free. I hope it will be a blessing to you. And I hope it will help you to repent, rejoice, repeat.